When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tuesday, August 18th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians are in Pittsburgh getting ready for a three-game series beginning tonight against the Pirates. Uh, not with the Indians in Pittsburgh is Oscar Mercado, who was sent to the team's alternate site, uh, optioned there uh, after the game on Sunday. Uh, Mercado was only hitting what, like a, a buck sixteen at the time. He, yeah. he had started one, one of the Indians' last seven games. He had pretty much uh, been relegated to the bench since Delano De Shields made his his debut of, uh, earlier uh, in the month. Uh, what's the future look like for Mercado now? I mean, this is a kid who, you know, in the off season, Terry Francona was saying that he had earned the right to play every day. And, and now that, that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's a great question, Joe. I, um, you know, Mercado just looked lost from day one of the season. I mean, he started, he, he, I think he started like 12 of the first 15 games of the regular season and really never got going. And um, I don't know if he just got kind of lost in all the, uh, you know, the, the two spring trainings, the, uh, all the time off in between the two camps, but his swing never came around. Um, he was hitting at the bottom of the lineup, that decision to uh, keep the four switch hitters at the top of the lineup, knocked him down to the, you know, the bottom of the lineup, maybe the ninth spot and uh, never got going. And um, that's why, you know, sometimes, you know, when players come up, when they start the season in Columbus, like he did last year, they get hot, they come up to the big leagues, they hit the ground running. And uh, I think, you know, and he, that's what uh, Mercado did last year, and the success is there. But starting a big league season, no matter if it's shortened or not, right out of the gate is, is a little different uh, animal. And maybe that's what got Oscar. I certainly hope, uh, you know, he comes around and gets another shot this season or, you know, next year. I, you know, I think he will. I think he's, you know, we've seen him play center field. He's very good there. And, uh, you know, we've seen him be an, an effective offensive uh, weapon. We just didn't see it, you know, in this short, this short window here. Right. Do you, do you think that the move down to the bottom of the, the lineup really did have that much of a, an effect on him? I, I mean, this was a kid who was batting right in between, for, for most of his time up last year, right in between Francisco Lindor and 
uh, Jose Ramirez in or um, or Carlos Santana in the in the top of the order there at the, in that number two spot. Did his approach change because of the move down to the bottom of the order, or or was it just uh, just a matter of not having enough time to put together uh, sort of what he needed to uh, coming into the, the shortened season? Yeah, I, I don't know, Joe. I heard uh, you know Rick Manning on one of the t- uh, STO broadcasts say, you know that. Uh, Last year, Mercado had a, had the luxury of hitting between those two guys, Lindor and, and, and Ramirez. He's going to see a lot of fastballs. You know, nobody wanted to put him on base or, you know, mess around. And maybe he was getting, you know, a steady diet of, you know, a little different type of pitching than he saw at the bottom of the lineup. So he goes to Eastlake, uh, joins, you know, another forgotten guy who's an outfielder in, in Jake Bowers uh, out there. You know, the, the Indians are sort of, sort of stashing a bunch of, you know, in-between guys, not, not guys who are, you know, can't-miss prospects or, or, you know, highly rated guys, but guys who have had some experience and, and contributed before. Uh, what does the future hold for guys like Mercado and Jake Bowers who are, are at the alternate site and, and really uh, they don't have an opportunity to, to sort of play their way back into any sort of, position with the the big league club down the stretch yeah that's like uh, the island of lost toys or <laughs> broken toys the misfit toys yes <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you know I, I was talk, i was talking to uh uh, <clears throat> uh chris antonetti yesterday and he said bowers is doing well there you know he, good reports from bowers uh didn't say anything about greg allen he's another one down there too mm-hmm. and uh, daniel johnson too all those outfielders are kind of congregating down there you know, I think, uh, you know, it's it's a shame that the minor league season has been canceled and has been canceled for a while. And you, these guys really don't get a chance to, uh, you know, go out and, you know, work their way back. It's now, you know, it's a, I guess it's basically an injury. You know, that, that's right. the only way or a poor performance by another outfielder that, that gives them a chance. So it, it, you really have to be a, a self-motivator. You have to uh, really, I think, you know, grind it out in Eastlake because, you know, there's nobody watching you and uh, except the Indians. And, uh, and it, it's really an interesting situation. I was also talking to Antonetti and he said, uh, you know, uh, that the MLB has agreed to uh, uh, share, share information and, and, and video in, of all the alternate camps, uh, you know, so any team that wants to opt in, and, and check out the players in, you know, their, their, uh, the other uh, MLB uh, alternate camps can do that. And, uh, you know, in preparation for the August 31st deadline. So I guess that's another alternative for these guys. You know, keep working hard and maybe you'll get a chance with another team. Right. And, you know, that, that's still how much can, can video of guys playing inter-squad games against each other where you're not, you're not necessarily being pushed uh, like you would in a, in a minor league game with competition. Uh, it's really not going to show you as much. It, it can show you if a guy's healthy. It can show you if a guy's you yeah. know bat bat looks quick or or what his his fastball life looks like. But that's about it. That's that that's really not going to show you, you know, if they're a, a guy worth worth adding to your roster. So, but yeah, that's a good again, point. That's the that's the situation we're living in right now with uh, with the way that the game is. Uh, I did hear. Uh, I did see a, a a tweet from Ken Rosenthal that 
uh, Major League Baseball is moving forward with a, a protocol guide for a potential postseason bubble, uh, similar to what the NBA and um, NHL are using. Uh, it has been so successful for them with, with no positive tests since they began those, those systems. So that might be something to look forward to if, there's a, if, if Major League Baseball makes it to the postseason it might all be taking place in one location or two locations with, with, uh, you know, very limited access, but, you know, uh, a, a more of a guarantee that, that they would be able to make it through to the end of the postseason. Yeah, that's a, an interesting proposal. And uh, should they have done that from the get go? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> would it have worked in, in Arizona or Texas, which are, you know, hot spots now for the virus? Um, I don't know. Certainly in Florida as well. But we heard what California may have been another place. So, but hopefully they get there and and they uh, you know they they get to make this decision. But you know right now what another game got got postponed. The, 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 right, Reds, the Reds Kansas City got postponed. Right. They're so, gonna play that as a doubleheader tomorrow. This is a tenuous situation for sure. Right. But wouldn't you have loved uh, an Arizona bubble? Just to see Fran Mill Reyes, you know, hitting 500 foot home runs oh to dead center field over the batter's eye in, in games that counted. Uh, that would and, be cool. <laughs> that would have been one of the uh, the side effects. Well, speaking of home runs, the uh, the big topic of debate uh, just in the last I say 12 hours uh, has been a home run. It was a home run that was hit that a lot of people don't think was entirely necessary. Uh, I'm interested to find out your uh, your true deep down feelings about this. Fernando Tatis last night uh, took over the major league lead in home runs. Uh, he now has 11, but uh, he had two in the game last night against Texas. But it was the second home run with the the Padres up already 10 to three at the time in the eighth inning. Uh, Tatis had worked uh, was was up with the bases loaded and worked the count to three and zero. Oh. Uh, I don't necessarily know if you have to work account to get to three and zero in that particular situation. It looks it sounds like the uh, the Rangers bullpen was having a, a rough night, but on three and zero he swung away and drove a ball out of the ballpark for a grand slam, and uh, the next guy up, Manny Machado, uh, got a pitch thrown behind his back. Uh, no warnings were issued, but after the game, the managers from both sides were you know not too pleased about Tatis's swing. Uh, the uh, Chris Woodward, the Texas manager, you know, voiced his opinion on it, said he didn't think it was uh, a good thing. And then uh, the the Padres manager he, he didn't go so far as to throw Tatis under the bus, but he he did sort of say uh, he said he might have missed a take sign. And, you know, we'll talk to him about it afterwards. And uh, what, what's your opinion on these unwritten rules, these these? <laughs> We, we hear it's, it's, I guess it comes around every year. It comes up every year when somebody starts a fight or somebody says something, uh, you know, unwritten rules, unwritten rules. Uh, what do you think about this one, Paul? Yeah, I think this is, uh, you know, I, the problem with unwritten rules, <laughs> Joe, is that they change every day. You know, mm -hmm. they change based on the situation that they're, that one, one team or the other team uses. <clears throat> so uh, I've got no problem with, with Ted T swinging at a 3-0 pitch. I mean, you know, I saw Jim Tomey do the same thing, not not hit a grand slam, but it, uh, the Indians were in Toronto. 
Uh, it was at 3 Oak County. He had a chance hang on, and he hit one into the restaurant above the uh, oh, center geez. field fence at, at Rogerson. And uh, no one said to, you know, they said that, you know, uh, Hargrove said he, he missed the take sign. And uh, is, is that, no one is was that almost, complaining, and I don't think the Blue Jays were complaining. Is that almost window dressing, though, for the, for the manager to say, oh, he missed a take sign? Uh, really, you shouldn't even have to give a take sign in that situation, right? If that's if that's yeah, what you're, I would the think, way you yeah. operate, you know, the, oh, the kid knows not to swing, right? And then he hits one out, and you're like, oh, geez. Uh, but it's funny. It's funny you say that the rules change all the time. Nowadays, they even include swinging too hard, three and zero. Oh, yeah, you know, something like that. I've oh, seen. He, he swung. And I, I saw uh, Gardenhire and Eric Wedge get into an argument. Uh, because Victor Martinez swung too hard at a 3-0 pitch. Did not, and what the, this was one game, you know, the game like a Friday night, and they were arguing on Saturday night because he had swung too hard at a pitch. Right. You know, and I, wasn't, there, wasn't there a dust-up? You know, they, they start chirping back and forth to each other in the second game, the next day's game? Yeah, yeah. And they were, behind, and they were still arguing. Plate, they were screaming at each other. They were arguing about how, how hard Victor swung <laughs> the night before. That's so ridiculous. Uh, these guys, they these are the same guys who, when you get hit on the leg or you get hit, you know, wherever, uh, it's you're not, you're supposed to be the tough guy and not show emotion, not show that it hurt, shake it off, run down to first and take your base, you know, we, just on a pitch that we know wasn't wasn't intentional. Uh, so these are tough guys who who don't have those feelings, and their feelings are so fragile that swinging too hard two and zero gets you. <laughs> Uh, a fight and a suspension and whatever. I, I don't get that. You know, my, my, I, I tend to agree with you, Paul, that, that my philosophy is, look, if you don't want me hitting a, a grand slam on three and O with a, with a seven run lead, then don't put the ball over the plate or throw me something funny where I'm going to swing and miss. Because if, if I'm as talented as Fran, uh, Fernando Tatis, uh, the ball's going to leave the park. If, if I know where it is, it, you put yourself in a situation where you had to throw him a strike. So yeah, uh, Juan Nicasio, I think, was the uh, the reliever, and he put the yeah. ball. He put the ball where you don't put the ball against Fran, uh, Fernando Tatis. If you're going to do that, then expect to get the ball hit out of the park on you. Yeah, and I think uh, the San Diego starter said, "Hey, throw a better three zero pitch if you don't. Right. If you're, if you're upset. <laughs> right. If you don't want the ball hit out of the park, then don't throw a pitch that's going to get hit out of the park. That's that's it. There's nothing to it. All right. We did ask our users and our uh, listeners on subtext to chime in with their thoughts on Fernando Tatis. We got plenty of responses, Paul. Uh, uh, I, was, uh, I was actually really pleased with the way that uh, that this question was, was received. Uh, so I'm going to go through a, a bunch of them. I'm not going to give uh, locations or area codes, but each one of these is from a user and a, a reader. On subtext, cleveland.com slash subtext is $3.99 a month to sign up. Uh, you get uh, chances to exchange with, with Paul and myself about baseball issues, about the Indians, uh, about breaking news that, that happened. Uh, you know, as soon as um, Mercado was sent down, we, we let the subtexters know. So here's a, a, a way to do that. Uh, sign up on cleveland.com slash subtext or uh, 216 208 Four three four six is the number to text uh, a message to, and we will sign you up. All right, here's what the the, the readers and the listeners on subtext had to say. Uh, here's one. I'm sorry. What 
isn't scoring in a baseball game the primary reason that he draws a salary from the Padres? So there's basically saying, yeah, Tatis was just doing his job. Uh, this user says, should not have swung what goes around comes around in baseball. And I guess that's the other side, too, is, uh, you know, if, if he's going to get hit the next time he steps to the plate against the Rangers, I guess that's uh, something you have to kind of consider, too. Yeah, the good thing is they don't play – well, they play each other, I guess, in this season. But, right. uh, you know, it's an interleague game. Right, there the might be another meeting sometime later on this season. Yeah. Uh, this user says, no, you swing at a pitch you can hit every time. So there's, there is something to be said for it's, you know, professional baseball. It's not Little League. It's not, uh, you know, high school. They're out there. Uh, Fernando Tatis gets paid more the more home runs he hits. You know, he, he – betters his career and his uh, salary every time he swings the bat. Uh, remember the Indians comeback against Seattle. So yeah, there's, there's that too. You know, a team's never really out of a game and you've got to continue to score as many runs as possible. Right. And uh, you know, Joe, Mike Hargrove used to give these guys, give the Indians the green light on three and O all the time, a lot, right. you know, a lot more than, than people realized. I think. Right. Uh, this user writes, it's not the hitter's fault that the picture can't be effective. And that's uh, something we just mentioned. Yes. Uh, this one simply says crybabies. So <laughs> there you go. Um, this user from the Columbus area says, yes, he broke the rule and the clubhouse will take care of it. But how much is the clubhouse really going to take care of it uh, with Fernando Tatis, who's basically playing his way into becoming one of the faces of baseball right now? Uh, do, you, do you think? It depends on the player. I mean, if if the 26th guy on your roster is the one who, who did something like that, is his punishment or his repercussions going to be more or less than a, a, a guy like Tatis, who is, you know, one of the top players in the game right now? Uh, he should not have been swinging 3-0 in a 10-3 game. This is like stealing a base in that situation. The San Diego manager is blowing smoke about a missed sign. Nobody would issue a take sign in that situation. It wouldn't be necessary. That's a good point. That's you guys have they've been playing baseball like Tati said since for a long time. He probably has been heard that has heard that unwritten rule or read mm -hmm. it. Maybe can you read an unwritten rule? I I, I don't know. <laughs> probably not. That's why they're unwritten. But yeah, yeah. Think about it. Tatis's dad played for a a, a long time too. So yeah. you know he knows. He, he's been around the clubhouse and he's been around the baseball culture for long enough to know that maybe th uh, swinging there wasn't. Is he a shortstop? Yes. Uh, yes. He, oh yeah. He's, yeah. he's a shortstop. And that's, I think that's a little his, dangerous too. Well, with his, right. Oh, definitely. But he's the slide. If they take him out on a slide or something like that, I don't know. You don't but, see that too much anymore. Right. With the rules that are in place these days, you don't see very many aggressive takeout slides like that and anymore. Uh, this is the baseball version of, should I take the le last slice of cake, even though I've already eaten most of it? It reflects badly on Tatis. He may or may not care. And that, that, that post actually brings up a couple of good points. Uh, it, he may or may not care. Fernando Tatis is, is known as one of the more free-spirited players in the game right now. Uh, you know, he's got the, the wild hair. He's athletic. He does bat flips. He, he runs the bases aggressively. He, he really might not care. And, and none of that is necessarily a, a bad thing. He, he, it's part of his character and who he is. Just, just think about if, uh, if, if Francisco Lindor had done something like this, though. 
and what the fallout would, would be from that. It's, it's, it's hard to hate Frankie because of the way he plays the game. Yeah, and, he's, and Tatis is an exciting player. I think, you know, you, you know I saw a tweet from uh, Trevor Bauer on this. And uh, he said, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Baseball needs this. And mm -hmm. I kind of tend to agree with Bauer. You know, they need to attract. Whoa, whoa, stop. Players. I know. And that's, that's, cause that's saying Ring a the lot. Bell. <laughs> stop the presses. Paul Hoynes agreed <laughs> with Trevor Bauer about something. This is, this, this is a great moment in Cleveland sports history. Uh, a couple more here and we'll finish up. I'll take a grand slam any day in any game situation, any pitch count. Well, that might be the case if there were fans in the stands, you know, get, get people, you know, fired up or something like that. But I don't know. Uh, this guy says, I'm with Tatis. The pitcher pitched to him. If he wanted to walk him, he would have been intentionally walked by throwing outside to the catcher. Ten to three is a big lead, but we have seen comebacks in the past. Yeah, you know, it, uh, that's interesting, Joe, because you know, I remember, I, I think it was Wedge or somebody that said, you know, there's there's ways of telling the other team that, you know, you've called off the dogs. So like in that situation with the bases loaded, maybe you're playing the infield back. You know, you've, mm -hmm. you're, you're not looking for the double play and mm -hmm. kind of, okay, it's over, you know. And uh, maybe he doesn't swing then. I don't, I don't know. It's, but I can't – if you get a 3-0 pitch, it's the big leagues, it's hard not to – if you get a cookie right in the middle of the plate, I think but, it's hard for, for a guy to pass that. But up. what if you take 3-0 and he throws a ball and you're you're walking and you're scoring a run anyway? It's like yeah, right. You, you you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't in that situation because if he takes and 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 takes a pitch and walks, then they're they're piling it on just by forcing in another run there. Uh, in the seven, seven runs against Texas is that yeah. is that a, a, a big lead? I would have said in in the old ballpark, uh, yeah. you know, where where runs would have, you know, where the ball flies out of the park and all that. But I don't know about the uh, the new yeah, right, the new ballpark right. with the roof. Who knows? All right, uh, let's go with one more, and then we'll. Uh, here's they are big boys. I'm good with Tatis swinging. Why have all these unwritten rules, especially retaliation? Suck it up, Texas. Pitch better in the next game. I guess that that really is the the point. There is, you know, if, if Texas is pitching better, if if Texas is playing better, then they're not in that situation, and they don't have anything to be upset about. Yeah, and I think the uh, San Diego manager uh, came up through the Texas system, right. and he may he may and he was good friends with Woodward. I think he may have been, you know, he may have been a little embarrassed that, uh, you know, that that one of his players, you know, took a swing, you know, took a swing. At, swung at a 3-0 pitch like that in, in a blowout game, I guess. Uh, I don't know if that played a, played a part in it or not. Well, and, and we're very – here in Cleveland, we've been uh, – over the last week or so, we've been very attuned to what clubhouse culture is and what sticking up for your guys is all about and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, does this reflect badly on the, the Padres manager for not necessarily coming out and criticizing Tatis, but, you know, not – sticking up for his guy can he go back into his clubhouse now uh and and maybe face you know veteran guys who say hey that's that's not the way to approach this yeah that's a good point i i remember when uh, uh jose ramirez uh hit a home run against the twins uh and then in a in a one-sided game and he flipped the bat and uh you know paul molitor was the manager i think they were all everybody was screaming at him from mm -hmm. the twins uh dugout and uh 
the Indians won, and uh, you know Tito talked to him a little bit after the game. Uh, but I think it depends how much, what the how, who the manager is, and how much respect he has, how much pull he has in the in the uh, clubhouse. Right. I think uh, I think the veterans in a clubhouse are going to treat Jace Tingler a little differently than they would Terry Francona with uh, you know what he carries with him every time he walks into the to the ballpark. So. Yeah, uh, again, uh, an interesting situation, uh, a fun conversation, uh, one that we we look forward to every year because every year it's the same thing. Something sparks it, and you know, and then we're talking about unwritten rules and you know, takeout slides and bat flips and all that fun stuff. All right, Hoinsey, uh, the Indians again in Pittsburgh, opening up a three-game series. Uh, Carlos Carrasco on the mound tonight. Uh, what are we looking for as the, the Indians continue this stretch, uh, this, this middle three-game stretch uh, out of nine games against the, the Tigers and the Pirates that, that really uh, this is where the offense should get healthy. This is where the Indians' record should get healthy. Uh, what are we looking for tonight out of Cookie? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they've, uh, they're in a good spot. The, the Pirates, I think, have lost – nine of their last 11 games they haven't played they've had a bunch of games postponed so you know it's not like they've been you know that they're at the top of their game and they've got a lot of injuries especially pitch in the pitching department Joe so you know I, I don't know I think they they may have faced Trevor Williams in in the exhibition season right the one guy, but that's the only pitcher I recognize. Well, as long as is Musgrove on the DL or, or on the yeah, he's on the DL. Musgrove's on the DL. Well, as long as they ain't got to face him because he was the one who they couldn't figure anything out against. But um, yeah, it's it's it, it'll be be interesting to see how Pittsburgh responds after that long layoff. Is it, like you said, a young team, and how do they respond when they're out of their routine? And you know they've got. The, the, the Indians have built some momentum. I think they've won eight of their last 11 games. This is a great part of schedule to kind of step on the gas because after Pittsburgh, you've got Detroit come at home. Um, so, you know, this is, this is a time really to kind of make your move, not make a move, but just, you know, just keep the momentum going and, and close the gap on, on the Twins. It was one game as of yesterday. So, you know, they're in a great spot right now. And finally, the offense seems to be coming around. And, uh, and uh, you know, so that I think it's, it's, it's a good matchup. And they're taking their – they came home, I guess, yesterday from Detroit. And they're busting okay. down to Pittsburgh t- tonight. Oh, so, wow. Uh, maybe that old time uh, – as long as the buses don't break down like they did. Like they did the, in the – yeah, the first preseason game. Wow. Oh, okay. All right, Hoinsey, we'll uh, we'll check in tomorrow after game one of this series here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.